Welcome to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast. This is Hunter Pulaski alongside Brad Burkaw. We are brought to you by Reed Furniture. Whatever your furniture need, it is Reed indeed. In this week's episode, Farmers Insurance Open is in the books. Matthew Puvan is the winner. We have the LPGA Drive-On Championship. We have the Live Tour starting this week in Mayakoba. We'll talk about that. We have a new match scheduled in the the series of matches. This one under the lights with two PGA stars, two LPGA stars. We'll talk about that alongside the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, the second signature event of the 2024 season at Pebble Beach alongside Spyglass Hill Golf Club. Very much looking forward to this. All the top players playing one of the best courses in the world. And then finally... Uh, I am heading to Charleston this week to play five really good golf courses. Quickly talk about that. I'm very excited. But first, Brad, a Wednesday through Saturday tournament finishes with Matthew Pavan winning by one shot over Nikolai Hogard. Instant takeaways from... Torrey Pines South and North courses. Uh, I was pulling for my boy Hoygaard. I'm pretty sure, fairly certain that we had him on our list of notables to watch this week. So, it, for boosting our big brains, I was I was hoping for for Nikolai. But very cool for Pavan. Absolutely fascinating that he is the first Frenchman to win on in PGA Tour history. I I, I don't know why it is. It just it just is. It seems it seems nearly impossible, uh, especially with uh, Celine Boutier from on the LPGA side, like just dominating, dominating the women's game. Like maybe that's just maybe that's I think of her being French, and then I just I was like, okay, there's got to be there's got to be men that are French too, but apparently not. At least none that have broken through on the PGA Tour to win. Yeah, it's just it's just weird. I guess I just correlate like golf and the history of golf with like Europe. And France is definitely obviously a, a more advanced country in Europe. So it's just, it's, it's strange to me. So congrats to him. That's cool to be the one to be the, the first. Somebody's got to be the first. I think the really the only, the only name that like, I wouldn't even consider it a household name, but then even that just like some, so like Jean Vandevaldi, um, <laughs> unfortunately he is French. So that is, that is one from the, the guy from the open that made, uh, threw up on himself in the last hole. And then uh, Victor Dubelson, uh is a guy that he was around like 10, 15 years ago. I'm seeing a picture of him right now with a Titleist visor that looks very familiar, but he might've been just on the, the DP world tour, the European tour, whatever it was called at that point. Yeah. The Vandeveld, that is an infamous, he's the one that just absolutely collapsed, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's a name that I wouldn't have. I mean, obviously, Vandeveld. I don't know. Maybe that sounds French, but to me, I just correlate him with the quite possibly worst collapse of all time. Uh, very much so. I would think he lost a three-shot lead in the last hole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's yeah. Really, really, just poor. Uh, and this, this is this certainly is not going to turn into a to a Gene Vandevelde, uh the roast by any means. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never. I didn't want that. I didn't want that. Uh, what do you What do you think you would shoot at Tory Pines? If your driver is just, <laughs> and this is like, let's do it. If you're, if 
you're hitting your driver very straight, and then if you're hitting your driver crooked. Oh gosh, <laughs> first like first time. Yeah, oh yeah, like you, you you have two times to play it, and one time you hit your driver well, the next time you hit it bad. We'll say the first time you play, you hit your driver bad. Oh god. <laughs> uh, the first time, then it would. Oh man, I would be if I got at a. It'd be the high eighties and the nineties, maybe. <laughs> I think that I think that is uh, that is very generous of yourself. Very I, low score. <laughs> you think this is 90s? assuming you're you're hitting it in the rough, which is four inches. Yeah, <laughs> and okay, then, yeah. And then you're you're hitting out to you're wedging it out to still having a hundred and seventy five yards in. I see. I'd like to. I, I think bogey golf is fair because I think there'd definitely be some doubles mixed in, but I. Th- think i could scrap together at least a par two i'm gonna say anywhere from a 92 to like a 96 somewhere in there that'd be a very that'd be like that'd be a very good score not a good score but like a well yeah respectable score taking into consideration yeah i mean i'm certainly not I'll just say this. I would not beat myself up over any score that I posted, no. especially if I'm spraying. If I'm spraying my driver, like, it, see, this is a tough uh, situation for me because if I'm spraying my driver, like you said, I don't even know if I'm going to make it to the end, end of 18 before I just start. I might be teeing off with my putter. Yeah, that's true. That's very that's very possible. I don't know uh, if you saw the video, but yes, I, I asked you before. You said you had not. Um, there's a video that was circulating, very, very uh, inconclusive evidence being being surfaced here but uh it looked like pavan potentially could have innocent until proven guilty but like could have potentially stepped down his lie which would explain how he got the ball to stop so fast out of that rough on 18 on his third shot but whatever yeah i mean i'd so i watched the video you sent it to me i don't know i mean how much difference can you make stepping on four inches of grass for approximately like like under a second? I mean, obviously it's against the rules if that is the case, but yeah, no, exactly. Uh, and you, so this is a this was a really big week, I think, for for the for the live bots on Twitter to like to take screenshots of the of the leaderboard and be like, our leaderboard's way better. <laughs> it's like way better than this, and so I, I definitely I felt that a little bit. Uh, so Nikolai Hogard finished second. Nate, Nate Lashley, like none of these guys, um, outside of Nikolai, Nikolai, just because he played in the the Ryder Cup, I would consider any of these household names uh, by any stretch of the imagination. But Nate Lashley finished in a T third alongside uh, Jake Knapp, and then um, Steven Yeager, who I was kind of pulling for, um, he set some success on the Corn Ferry Tour, also finished T third. Um, so I uh, I thoroughly enjoy watching golf there was there's then there's this talk circulating about how Torrey pines south may not be that good of a golf course which i can i can kind of see where they're coming from it's just like very back and forth narrow fairways i mean it really just doesn't have like the looks i guess that maybe outside of like there are very good views and whatnot but I, i i enjoy watching golf there it's you have to be very accurate with every part of your game, if you want to score there, and it shows. Yeah, I don't know. I don't buy into the leaderboard nonsense. I think that obviously there, like you said, there's not household names that were on 
this leaderboard, but I I also can't help but think that we're kind of entering a new I don't want to call it like a new era of golf, but I think that there's going to be some names that we're going to become a lot more familiar with from the younger generation. And maybe some of these names that we're very familiar with are entering the latter half of their careers. And that's just the natural flow of professional sports. So, yeah, I don't know. No, very true. Uh, Two more points that we have to bring up. Uh, Ludwig Ober continues just to act like he has been here his entire life. Uh, it's it's very shocking to see another T10. Um, and then my other thing I have to mention, I don't, I want to reiterate, not a great putter. I'm like, I'm, I would say I'm a very average streaky putter. It would be the best uh, definition. Tony Finau, <laughs> Tony Finau's putting stroke is awful. Everything that I've ever been taught and everything that like, I think any, putting coach or any swing anybody that has ever had instruction in the game would teach you you need to have your toe the toe of your putter needs to be touching the ground or very close to it and that's like how you determine if your eyes are over the ball tony finau has his putter it's it's no less than a foot and a half two feet outside of his eyes and it's it's sitting at an angle that i've never seen before like back it would almost look like a guy's guy's way back in like the sixties and seventies when they would putt in a similar, a similar fashion. You know what it, uh, so he, he almost, he's got like his pinky up with his, with his putter having the, the toe. It almost looks like he was just too tall and played with clubs that were too short for him. And then he just got used to it. Well, so he, if you were going to putt like that, you need to make putts. He doesn't make putts. He actually does. He does the opposite of that. He he makes very few putts. And he there was a time, three or four years ago, where he he was putting, where the putter looked like a more traditional putting stroke. And he was never. I don't think he's ever. I would never say that you would say Tony Finau's best part of his game is his putting. But he has had moments. Uh, but this new and and it's it's no no fair on Poa Greens in the first place. But then you just add in. I don't know how he does it. I've never. I don't know if I can think of another player on tour that has that much space between the toe of the putter and the ground. And I, it's, it's no good. I don't, I don't, well, I don't like it. The, uh, the proof is in the numbers because once, once you brought that up, I thought I'd bring up his data golf page and he has only gained strokes putting three times in the last 15 tournaments. He's lost strokes the other 12 times. So there's something there. <laughs> and I, I guess that's what and it, it goes to, it's like Scott, Scotty Scheffler too is the same way. These guys are just so stubborn. Like they won't, they won't change. They won't, they won't like make, and I know you don't want to like, you, you don't want to keep switching back and forth and you want to stick to something and at least write it out to see. But you, you, like every, you're testing it and you're clearly there are some issues. So you you think maybe we would like there would be some variables changed to that test to maybe to maybe uh, potentially have a different outcome to be determined. One, one would think to be determined uh, is worth mentioning. Will Zalatoris with a T thirteen. Uh, I'm glad to see him continuing to play well. Uh, I told you two weeks ago we were going to go over the FedEx Cup every week just to see how things are shaking out, and I forgot to do it last week, but 
it is still Chris Kirk in first. Matthew Matthew Pavan has moved up to second. Uh, ben Ahn is in third. Grayson Murray is in fourth. And JT Poston is in fifth currently. All right, let's move on to anything else from the uh, Farmers Insurance Open that you feel is worth mentioning? No. No, I just... I think that's about it. Okay. Uh, on to the uh, LPGA Drive-On Championship in Bradenton, Florida. Uh, LPGA's second event of the year. Nellie Corda gets her ninth LPGA Tour title. Uh, she finished Birdie Eagle to force a playoff against Lydia Ko, who was who was in search of her second win of the season. Uh, Nellie struggled pretty bad on Sunday. Shot 73 compared to Lydia, Lydia Ko's 69. Uh, she did, did end up winning in a playoff. Nelly did. Uh, rounding out that leaderboard, Megan Kang finished solo third. Lucy Liu finished in fourth alongside Aka uh, Fior. And in sixth, tied six, Austin Kim and uh, Yu Lin. Uh, I feel like we're, we're, in, we're in that part of the program where, where we, have to, uh, we have to mention Liv. Liv is starting this week. In uh, Mayakoba, uh, John Rom's team has officially been announced. Uh, Terrell Hatton, Caleb Surt, who's a sophomore at Tennessee, and then uh, Kieran Vincent, who was uh, played last year on the Live Tour. I think he ended up making it back in through the qualifying school. If I am correct, any any interest at all to watch this? Um, I might just because of John, just because it'll be his first live tournament, but they just still haven't sold me on the product. I'll be honest. I just don't buy into it. Um, so I'll say there's some interest. It's I'm not jumping for joy. I'm not going to go out of my way to watch it, but if I can, I'll watch it. Yeah. And that's kind of, so I, I do think it's it's easier to sell the field now than it was even a year ago. I mean, I do think there are there have been vast improvements. So outside of just John Rahm, I think I think Terrell Hatton is uh, huge. I think I don't know if he necessarily like moves Neil for the casual golf fan, but at the same time, my Cobas leaderboard up against this leaderboard this week. It's it's a lot more interesting than I ever thought ever thought it would be. Um, I'm kind of in the same boat. I don't I can't imagine like now I don't know I don't know why they would ever schedule their tournament up against Pebble Beach or like up against the signature event. I would I would I would think it would make they make sense or make a point to always schedule up against a a lower tiered non designated event because you got to kind of be crazy to watch. Mayakoba rather than Pebble Beach. And like a in top the top eighty players in the world. So I that's that's where I struggle a little bit. I am a little bit excited for uh the four races have a little bit of competition now. Which is something like they have just been steamrolling. Uh and now John Rom's team I think actually will be pretty good. So I'm curious to see there are like there is some a little bit of interest there, I, I would, I suppose. Yeah, 
Yeah, I guess I, I don't know. Uh, if like I said, if I have time, I'll I'll look at it. But um, I think speaking of live, this is something that we didn't talk about in the intro, but something that started to make a little noise this week was Anthony Kim. How many times are we going to get another video of Anthony Kim coming back? It feels like this is the millionth time this has happened, but I saw the video of him swinging. He looks pretty good. I mean, there's no doubt in saying that when he was, you know, 2008, I mean, he had a nice swing. He had a very, very pretty effortless swing. Um, So I don't know if he goes to live and they just drop the bag on Anthony Kim a guy who hasn't played a tour event in over a decade. I just, I feel like at that point, it's like they'll literally throw money at anything. Oh yeah. No, absolutely. And I, I think it's been said on, online uh, quite a few times. I've, I've seen it. It's like, it's, I don't think they ever thought they'd get to this point. Like I, I think they just, they are just continuing just to throw money at people, at players, but the schedule was not, <laughs> I'm pretty sure the schedule is still not fully put together for, the 2024 season they still have tbds on the schedule and it starts and like there was as of the schedule was very pieced together but that's you have all these players now that are actually like pretty darn good like there is i would say there's like john rom moves the needle you just he absolutely has to and to to keep whoever your fans are so in the dark about what's going on it just it still seems a very elementary from that standpoint of like it's they don't know what they're doing they don't have a clue they just they know how to write a check they are very good at writing a check they're good at spending money yes yeah so i, I don't know i will i will uh i imagine just because it's still available on youtube i will i will throw it on at some point um but it's gonna be really hard for it i'm not sure what the time slots are i know they're i'm pretty sure Mayakoba is on the eastern um in the eastern time zone so potentially it'll be done before the um, Pebble Beach really gets gets going fully. I'm not sure. So we'll we'll see. Uh, new match in February, late February, February 26th at the Park Golf Course in West Palm Beach, Florida, under the lights. Rory McIlroy, Max Homa, Rose Zhang, and Lexi Thompson square off in an individual skins game. What are your, I think this is so much better than, than um, non-golfer athletes. Yes. Yes. Cannot stress that enough. This is by far more exciting than watching Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. No offense to those two, but. So a, a couple comments. Um, be very curious to see how Rose Zhang does. Like she doesn't seem like the like that's just a lot of time to to be mic'd up is kind of is kind of my thought. I know it's only twelve holes, um, so kind of curious to see see how she does. And then um, the other one, which I need to kind of clarify this world golf. So I my my point is going to be that. I don't love that Lexi Thompson is involved. I think there's a lot more deserving a like, better players than her at this point in the at this point in her career. Um I'm just seeing really quickly 
Like I think I think Nelly and then, and maybe this is just it comes down to the players not necessarily wanting to do it or scheduling conflicts. Who knows? But I just like just looking at the top ten lists for for Rolex rankings for the for the women. Like I think Nelly Corda makes a ton of sense. I think Minji Lee makes a ton of sense. Min Woo's sister make. Um, I think Charlie Hall makes a ton of sense. Um, Brooke Henderson. Like there are just there are names, a lot of names. You have to go like ah, Leona McGuire would make a ton of sense, especially because there's already uh, Rory's playing, so you have the European ties. Lexi Thompson, thirty fourth in the world. I wish she was higher for this event. I don't think I don't think it's like gonna like take away from the event in any way. And I'm sure she's probably one of the more personal personable players on the LPJ tour, and and definitely a household name. Um, but that was my maybe if I was gonna have a gripe, that would be the gripe. Yeah, I think that that's probably just a, a ploy at trying to play into the more casual golf fans if I had to take a guess yeah yeah exactly because this is probably that's really who this is more for um I do I do love the fact it's under the lights um big big under the lights guy I wish that that was something that was there was more of around uh in the U.S. but it seems especially in Michigan I I don't think there's really maybe a couple in Michigan just par three courses maybe Boyne I guess is going to have one yeah, we'll see how long that lasts. Yeah, right. All right. On to the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Splitting time with Spyglass Hill for the first 36 holes. Uh, Pebble Beach par 72. Less than 7,000 yards. Uh, second signature event of the year. It's replacing the uh, Waste Management Open. Uh, it's the first one that has kind of feels like a real signature event with all uh, 80 with 80 guys um, pro-am for the first for the first two rounds and then they kick the amateurs to the curb for for rounds three and four at Pebble Beach looks like weather is going to be a huge factor uh, windy and rainy and like 50 degrees 55 degrees Thursday and Friday and then Sunday as well, maybe a little bit of a break on on Saturday. Um, smallest greens on tour. Obviously not a super long golf course. I don't think so. I don't think length is going to be a big issue at all. Uh, I really think it's going to be approach shots and um, putting as well. Putting poa poa greens again, very small greens. So you're going to be pretty close, but they are very undulated and and sloped as well. Uh, I saw a stat that that Torrey Pines South is is number two hardest golf course on the tour to make like a uh, a f- twelve to fifteen footer and and Pebble Beach is number four on that list in a similar category. So um, definitely need to make putts and you need to hit it close because everyone is going to have a wedge in their hand for the most part. Um. Any uh any any data on on um on your little simulator there that would be worth mentioning? Kind of what what's the what are, what are the the needs for Pell Beach? Yeah, well, how about I'll uh I'll run through the odds board first. Yeah, and then uh and then we'll go from there. Okay. So coming in 
at we have a share coming in as the favorite this week between both Rory McIlroy and Scotty Scheffler at eight to one. Right behind them, we have both Victor Hovland and Xander Schauffele at twelve to one. Max Homa's coming in at sixteen to one this week. Patrick Cantlay at eighteen to one. We've got two guys at twenty to one, and that would be Jordan Spieth and Colin Morikawa. Behind them, we've got Justin Thomas at twenty-five to one, and then Ludwig Aubert. Ludwig Aubert, twenty-eight to one. Shocking to see him up that high. He is in front of both Matt Fitzpatrick and Tommy Fleetwood, who are at thirty-five to one, respectfully. So we mentioned it earlier, but you want to talk about a stacked leaderboard? I mean, those names that I just listed off are quite the names. Yeah, it's really exciting to have have this good of a field at Pebble Beach. I, I think, I mean, imagine a lot of these pros. I'm sure, I'm sure they maybe they say they don't mind it, but I can't imagine these guys love playing with amateurs for what used to be 54 holes when it was the ATMT, just the just the regular event. Now it's only 36 holes, um, but it's worth mentioning. Like a lot of these guys have maybe played this course once or twice. Um, there's a couple that we'll mention that have that are regulars here but for the most part very little course experience here like sky scheffler um has played this course one time for the 2019 us open um and that's the case for a lot of those guys on that leaderboard so just the fact that we can see this this good of a field at that good of a venue is very exciting very very exciting yeah, and uh, segueing it back into your uh, original question on on what Data Golf is telling us for this week, you mentioned it earlier. But last year, the the most common shot that was hit was from 100 to 125 yards, with 18.6 percent of all shots falling from within 100 to 125 yards. So being able to hit those those shots or, or uh, approach shots is going to be absolutely critical. The data shows us that last year. Guys who who placed in the top ten all had strokes gained approach, um, and we can even see some guys who didn't quite finish in the top ten, but really were able to place higher up in the leaderboard based on these strokes gained approach. So some guys who lost strokes putting, but were able to place in the top thirty because their strokes gained approach was so great. Um, so that's really, I think, going to be the key metric: is who's going to be solid from a hundred to hundred and twenty-five. Um, the name that I think of right away is, is Scotty. I mean, it's hard not to, it seems like it's an easy pick, but what, I mean, he's kind of forcing our hand lately. Uh, it doesn't, he's not giving us many options. Yeah. I'm not, uh, I, I will not be betting Scotty Shelf for this week. I do not think I, the, the first pot that he misses on those Poa greens, it's over. I'm very, I'm very like, I could see this could be like a, like the Scotty, a Scotty real week where, where he just has some really like funny moments around the greens on the greens from, from inside of three to four feet, a couple like that Ernie L's from, from the masters, whatever that was <laughs> five, 10 years ago. That's what kind of what I'm imagining. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I, it, we'll see. Hey, we'll see. I don't want to, don't want to jump to conclusions, but he, you mentioned he has he's not giving as many options. That is that is kind of the option that I'm left with at this point. It feels like uh, I think there is there is so much value in Jordan Spieth at twenty to one. I don't know how he is he is so high. He has been he just 
finished second or th- solo third at the Century less than a month ago. Uh, he is 11 for 11 here. Uh, he has a solo second in 2022, a T third in 2021, uh, among six other top tens. Uh, he is an absolute horse for course here. I don't know how he is 20 to one. I'm, I'd be very curious to see like what his top 10, top 20 number is. Uh, I imagine it's probably right around even for the top 20. Uh, that seems like pretty good value. I know he's like, he's super erratic, but typically he's erratic just in that nine, just in that 18 holes. He ends up finding, finding it at some point throughout that round. So that's a yeah, guy so- I love. So he is plus 190 for a top 10 and minus 125 for a top 20. Yeah, maybe lean towards top 10 then, I guess. I don't love minus 125. A uh, couple more names I really like. Roy Roy, uh, Roy McIlroy is hard, hard not to like. I don't know if I like him that much, 8-1, to one, uh, coming off a T-second a couple weeks ago and then a win most recently. Um, he was T-9th here at the 2019 U.S. Open. That's another guy that his length is not going to really benefit him that much. So it's really going to a lot of be it's going to be a lot of wedges, which uh, Rory and wedges sometimes do not get along very well. Um, so that's a name that I I don't know if I would touch. Uh, Patrick Cantley, like Patrick Cantley this week a lot. T third twenty twenty one, T fourth in twenty twenty two, six for six, uh, making the cut here. How can you not like Max Homa in California? And I like specifically remember uh, in 2022 at TBC Potomac when they had to move the Wells Fargo there because why did they do that? I think they were hosting, oh, their uh, President's Cup was at uh, Quail Hollow that year and it was downpouring rain and Max Homa just looked like it was 75 and sunny. So if it's raining out, I really like Max Homa. And then uh, last one before you can list off a few. Uh, I like I like Victor Hovland. I think he hits the ball pretty low. Um, I imagine it, just with the wind being, it looks like 25 to 30 miles an hour, 40, 40 possibly on Sunday. Uh, Victor will ball strike his way around the golf course. All right. I like those names. I, I have no objections to any of those picks. Um, overlapped with Hovland. He was another guy that I had on my list this week, so I won't go into any more detail with him. Um, another guy that I'm – so I'm not going to list him as someone that I would potentially put money on, but I am just fascinated with the rise of Ludwig Aubert. I'm curious to see how he will play this week in a pro-am style event. Do you know who he's playing with? And this is totally throwing you uh, – No, I will. Uh, I will find out though. I'm curious of who he's even playing with, um, but interesting to see how he will perform, um, you know, with this combination of the amateur style. And while you're looking that up, I'm just going to state that I don't personally love the mixed amateur events. I understand the purpose of them. Um, but like you mentioned, I can't imagine that the pros love these i mean maybe some of them do like jordan spieth always plays with like jake owen or whatever and maybe they have a they 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 love it but i'd imagine some of these guys this is not their their cup of tea yeah uh absolutely i I do think so i saw michael cam i feel like we reference him what feels like every week now but he did say like it's it's not it's really not that bad i feel like a lot of the guys typically if you're there 
if you're if you're an amateur and you're at that event, you are very successful in whatever you do. And I think that's like from that standpoint, you you can learn, or just like it'd be, it'd be cool to talk to somebody that's that is the top of their business and whatever business they're associated with. So that that would be cool. Um, I do feel like if it's shitty out, they're just gonna. It's just a really long, <laughs> really long day for these pros that already when I mean, watching guys hit two or three shots, four shots before you hit your shot. It, I think it definitely takes a special golfer. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Uh, may not be able to find it. Yeah, I've been. I'm. I've also been uh, googling it, and I'm not. I'm not seeing anything. Let's see one more. Nope, not gonna be able to find it. We'll find out. We'll find out. Um, I think uh, a name that is severely underpriced based off of where he stands in the FedEx Cup rankings, uh, which which would indicate that he has been playing well this season, is Ben On. Ben On is like forty five to one. I have no idea what his experience is here, but you you don't just you don't just show up and be second in the FedEx Cup by accident. Like he has, he has shown some promise earlier this season. Uh, that is a name that I, I really like, and it doesn't look like he should be. You wouldn't think he would be in that spot because you have to go. Chris Kirk is at ninety to one, and he's in the first place. He's in first, and then you have to go. Who was in? Who was in third? Probably Pavan. Pavan's probably in first now, actually, and Chris Kirk is in second. I think is what I said. Pavan is one ten to one or one hundred ten to one. Uh, and then where can't even find, um, Grace, Grayson Murray is 400 to one. So they are protecting against Ben on in the biggest way, 45 to one where he players similar to him are way, way overpriced or way higher. So something's up. Something's going on there. Keep your eye on it. Something to chew on. Yeah. Uh, that's probably, um, that's probably all I have from Pebble beach. I will quickly, I think, I think coverage is from, uh, three o'clock until seven o'clock. Let's see. I know it starts at three o'clock. No, it's just figuring out. Hmm. Bad radio, bad radio. What are you looking for? The, uh, this, the the times for when when this is taking or what when the the TV times are. Uh, I'm sure that should be. Um, Golf Channel and CBS will provide TV coverage, while Peacock and ESPN Plus will offer streaming coverage. And let's see if we can find a time on Thursday from 3 to 7 Eastern time on the Golf Channel. Friday also from 3 to 7 Eastern time on the Golf Channel. Saturday it will be 1 to 3 Eastern time on the Golf Channel and then 3 to 7 Eastern time on CBS. Sunday, same schedule, 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern time Golf Channel and then 3 to, oh sorry, 3 to 6.30 Eastern time CBS. So half hour earlier ending on Sunday. Okay. 
And then uh, one more takeaway from from the, this week, Nick Dunlop making his pro pro debut. I'm very curious to see what he shoots. Just it's going to be a shit show out there. Just kind of curious. First first time out. See if what he's made of. Seize the opportunity when you got it. I guess. Huh? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm just I'm 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 somewhat very glad that he did not uh, <clears throat> not make the jump to live. I was nervous about that first when he when he bowed out of uh, when he bowed out of the farmers last week. That was kind of my first thought. So I'm glad that did not happen. Yeah, that would have. Uh, I, I I think we both talked about it, and I, we wouldn't have been surprised. But um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they uh, they didn't. You gotta think that if they make a an attempt at a guy at this point that they're gonna get him. So I'm um, maybe they didn't they didn't make a play at him. Yeah, maybe not. All right. Uh any other takeaways or any other things to mention for the ATT Pebble Beach Pro Am? No. Oh, oh yes, I do have one more takeaway. Uh I think it's absolutely laughable that three of the four sponsor exemptions are guys that are on the player policy board. Peter Malnati. Pierre Malnati, Webb Simpson, Adam Scott, and then Maverick Manili is the fourth who is going to be on the policy board at some time in his career. That is like totally laughable. You, you, you can't be more of a joke than than that. That is like somewhat irritates me. So, so many more guys that are way more deserving, but that's just politics. It's a boys club. Yep. And then uh, actually I do have, we do have a couple more things I wanted to, uh, any thoughts on the like so AT&T final year of the title sponsorship for for this event PJ Tour has lost Honda they've lost Wells Fargo any any concerns we think for or is it just you mentioned it kind of just a new age and we'll just get new companies and things will be la di da yeah i mean the unfortunate side of it is in business there's always going to be someone who's willing to pay so if Honda doesn't want to pay then Maybe Chrysler will, Ford, or who I, you know, and obviously just using other auto manufacturers, but there's going to be somebody else. That's yeah. just, you know, that's that kind of my thought it too. It's just, that's just the way it, way it works. I think there's, you could definitely, if you looked hard enough, you could find some issues there, but I think it'll, it'll all work out in the end. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, I'm going on a little golf trip this weekend uh, that I am. Very excited for. Certainly, do not deserve to go on, um, but I am um, very stoked. Uh, so I'll quickly do a little itinerary. Um, some like really good designers uh, design these courses we're playing. So we're playing the Country Club of Charleston on Thursday. Uh, when I first get there, uh, that's a Seth Rayner, um, which I'm super super excited for. He was the understudy of CB McDonald, um, who was like the grandfather of. Uh, U.S. Golf did the Lido. Uh, Seth Rayner did the Chicago Golf Club, Essex Country Club, uh, Yeamans Hall, which is pretty close to where we're going in Charleston. So uh, very excited about that. That's supposed to be like an old school, um, very old school country club. Uh, they had the 2019 U.S. or U.S. Women's Open there, I think. Um, had rave reviews, so very excited for that. And then Friday, we are playing uh, Kiowa Island Club uh, Cacique, which is a Tom Tom Watson course. Uh, Tom has only done like twelve golf courses, I think, in the in the world. They have played one 
the it's like the Tom Watson Golf Club. It's in Japan. I want to say one of the one of the Asian swing events played there. Uh, so very excited for that. Uh, and then on Saturday we're playing Bulls Bay, which is a Mike Strands. Uh, he did Tobacco Road, which uh, I think a lot of golf uh, people are familiar with. Uh, very quirky kind of cool golf course. He also did Caledonia and True Blue. So that's probably the one I'm like, I'm kind of most excited for. I don't, I'm very excited for all of them, but that's just one I've, I'm really excited to play Mike Strands because I've never played Tobacco Road. And then um, if I'm still standing at that point, we're going to play Congaree on Sunday, which is hosted. Um, it was like the Palmetto Championship. It replaced the, uh, it replaced the RBC Canadian Open during COVID. And then it also hosted the CJ Cup in 2022. That's a Tom Fazio. Um, so excited to play there. Uh, I didn't necessarily love it on TV, so I'm kind of excited to see, curious to see the differences uh, from TV and then in person. And then finally on Monday, we're playing Long Cove Golf Club, which is a Pete Dye. Uh, and Pete Dye is like, is a man among boys. Uh, he has so many good golf courses, Crooked Stick, Whistling Straits, Harbor Town, TBC Sawgrass, PG, PJ West, Teeth of the Dog. So that, and my one note I have associated with all of what I just said is I packed a lot of golf balls. And it looks like I will need a lot of golf balls. But very, very, very excited for this. Yeah, I'm excited to hear more about it after you get back and to hear what you think of the area. So I've been to I've been to Charleston and I've played golf in South Carolina before. Um, granted it was at a very not nice golf course, but it still counts. Right. So I'm curious Absolutely. to see what your, uh, what your thoughts will be. Cause it's a cool area. It's just a lot of old, old history. And I, I would imagine a lot of the golf courses that you're going to are going to have a lot of history attached to them. So yeah, I'm excited to hear more, more about the trip when you get back. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I've, I mean, I haven't been back to South Carolina since college, so, uh, I never made it down, down to Charleston. Uh, from Myrtle Beach. So always heard really good things about it. So excited to spend the weekend there and see what it's made of. Yeah, you'll definitely have to hit up King Road in Charleston. That's where like the really old like battery houses are and stuff. And uh, make sure you get some seafood. They got good seafood there. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, everyone, good luck with your picks at the AT&T Pell Beach Pro-Am, and we will Talk to you next week. All right. Have a good weekend, everybody.